Let's just, uh, okay, so Nick, are you ready? Yeah, I'm ready. You're set up there? <clears throat> yeah, we're all good. Great. Is that well, working for you? I think so, yeah. Yeah, we got it, yeah. All right. There's a storm coming up and I gotta prepare myself Cause this feeling's getting stronger every day and this is crazy Hey, what's up, guys? Um, here to talk to you just for a, a moment before we resume our regular programming. Here to talk to you for a moment about um, about Mailchimp. Mailchimp is one of our sponsors. One of our sponsors. They have um, you can do mailing lists on there, mm -hmm. and mailing lists are one of the like only remaining sort of forms of. Um, you know, uh, what would you call it? Like um, sponsors. Well, it's like a marketing thing. So mm. it's like an e-marketing thing that hasn't been demonized. It's one of these things that has kind of persisted since the dawn of the internet. Mailing lists. Yeah, like you can send out your. Ad. So annoying! I always I always report spam on those. Well, the, it's really annoying when you know people have <coughs> you'll you'll get added to mail. Like if you've been using email for ten years, you'll probably find yourself on you know three hundred mailing lists that you never signed up for. And oh, a lot worse. of them, a lot of these things don't even have unsubscribe buttons. So that's Mailchimp that does that shit. Yeah, Mailchimp is—they're involved so in making these um, mailing lists that are oh. direct, you know, spam. It, basically, it's spam. It's exactly it. It's e-spam that allows you to market directly to people's inboxes, which is one of the few, you know, things that I guess we're quite territorial about. On, that's a sponsor the, of ours. Yeah, they're a sponsor. Um, so, I mean, the thing about Mailchimp is they make a ton of money because. They've kind of cornered the market on mm. uh, mailing lists, and a lot of big companies use them because you can do like super heavy volume uh, things with like hundreds of thousands of things, and you know send your um, send your spam email like that nobody's going to read. Because the thing about all these mailing lists is that the idea with them is that you have a hundred thousand think people on your list, and then you know out of that seventeen people will read it, and then. You know, three people will actually sign up, but it makes sense to pay for for the stuff. So it doesn't sound like it. it. Sounds like a waste of fucking time. Well, here's the thing: Mailchimp is well. You think it's like um, a useful thing, and they market on a lot of podcasts. But mm -hmm. if you go to their website, it's actually kind of expensive. So like their 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 uh, basic thing that like you're, you're going to use is two hundred dollars a month. So that's it says on the website it's for high volume, but if you actually click forward, you'll realize that you kind of this is only for 1,500 to 2,000 people on your mailing list. So it's really expensive. It's a rip-off. Well, here's the thing. No, if, if you're like making... If people are interested in what you have to say and do, uh, you will not have to be paying a company like MailChimp to force your message into their inbox. Yeah. $200 a month is bullshit. It's very expensive. What's the promo? Is it, It's critical. Yeah, so go there and then sign up... Uh, it says sign up free. Of course, it's free to give a corporation your data. For fuck's sake, you're like they should pay you for it. But uh, the idea is that you go, you make an account on there, and there'll probably be a thing like a coupon thing. And Quitty Cool is the uh, C L A C T. Yeah. 
C R I T. Like critical, but with I- two O's. C-O-O-L. Yeah, it's like critical with two O's. Uh, sign up for that. I think it's yeah. uh, you get a discount, and uh, like you need the discount. And another thing I'd like to just point out is that their website is full of these sort of childlike, overly designed, sort of stock, you know, semi-ironic. What does that have images. to do with anything? Because it's trying to be disarmingly kind of childlike. It's and very manipulative. Yeah, it's just trying to make itself out to be kind of innocent thing and not like a, a you know a nigerian spam farm which is it is it's just a legitimized version of a nigerian spam farm and um they don't produce they they just clog up people's day like this whole service is, is designed to get around the right the people's attention uh to the one place that they pay attention to that right. they need to pay attention to yeah. a, away from all the noise of social media yeah is their inbox because that's where their family's contacting them that's where like their you know the like actual Disgust. work stuff happens. disgusting yeah so you can just you know put your like grow your weeds inside people's uh inbox right. uh by, yeah mm-hmm. uh using something like mailchimp so Anyway, it's cool, you know, and then, you know, mail, think about it, it's like mail, Jim. Wow, I am so excited to be back in the studio to here at the Critical Headquarters with, uh, with you, Nick Thorburn, and with a special guest. David, it's great to be back, um, back doing this again. Um, it's always lovely to be working with you on another episode of Critical. We've had a lot of fun uh, with this week's subject. We've, uh, we've been kicking it around the past week, just kind of mulling it over. And mulling is a funny uh, word to use, and you'll see why later. Mm, why is that? Uh, well, well, we'll get into it later. I don't want to give mm. it away, but we should, um, I guess we should get into our guest. We have That's an, right. We have an amazing guest here. Really excited. Um, his name is Alex Karpovsky. Why don't you say hello? Hi. How, how are you doing? I'm doing well. Thank you. Alex, you are a famous actor. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Very famous. That's great. We love having people from the entertainment industry come and have this kind of cross-pollination, cross-media, transmedia going on because we're... We, you know, we're just podcasters, basically. But when you know, we have people coming in from the sort of mainstream media. That's interesting because you know that's kind of bigger. But it's let's face it, it's also kind of dinosaur, and it's you know, it's this is kind of more the future of media, this sort of podcast stuff. But it's cool to learn from each other so that you know, you can learn what we're doing as well. So yeah, well, I look forward to teaching you some stuff today. Oh, good, that's great. Great. Well, why don't we get? Why don't we jump right into it and just get into today's subject, which is. Uh, I don't know what is the topic today, actually. Uh, Alex, why don't you tell us the topic? Smells. Okay. Well, that's a fun one, and I think we all more or less know what smells are. It's one of the five senses. Almost everybody can smell. That's a, a kind of universal thing, and not only humans can smell. That's the other thing. Is like you have. I mean, I I don't know if like a fish can smell, but I'm pretty sure like a dog and a cat can smell. I, I don't want, I don't want to get too into it, but I know that a fish does smell. Is that right? Oh, the fish have a definite smell. It smells fishy. Some people say. And that that's a very popular thing to say sometimes when people are are talking about stuff. So um, it's true that smells are a very universal and important thing. And you know, I I don't know. Like, have, when do you do you remember your first smell, Alex? Can you talk about your relationship with smells? No, I don't remember my first smell. Well, they say smell is like a powerful memory thing, and I remember uh, reading that somewhere. And it's true that sometimes you'll smell something and then you'll uh, remember something. So. Uh, but maybe as we go through this, uh, 
subject that we'll, 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 we'll start remembering things from our past. We'll start having memories. Right. That can mm. Sometimes smells can trigger memories. And there's a lot of different kinds of smells. There are, there are good smells. There are bad smells, obviously. Right. Yeah. There, are, there are different uh, varieties of smell. The olfactory um, sense is a, is a very complicated uh, space. And so you can smell a lot of different things, sometimes at the same time. Mm. Um, do you remember the last thing you smelled? Uh, when I was walking up the stairs to greet you about half an hour ago, I commented on how nice it smelled here, and I smelled um, cinnamon. Mm. Okay. And it smelled very nice. The smart, I just want to, a little bit off topic, the smartest person I've ever met in terms of original, non derivative thinking, especially from a creative point of view, had no sense of smell. And he's the only person I've met without a sense of smell. Wow. I think he was born without a pituitary gland, I believe. He also, um, well, that's too personal. I do remember one night dropping it. This is when I lived in Texas. We were both living there. I dropped him off at his house, and there was an incredibly mm, thick stench of death, and he had no idea. And we were, he was kind of fumbling with his keys, and I was wondering if I should tell him that I felt the smell of death. And I thought, maybe it'll freak him out, but maybe he needs to know. Maybe there's something on the other side of the door. But he wouldn't have known, and you were dealing with whether or not to tell him to be his nose in a way. It was a difficult choice. Yeah. And so what ended up happening? I told him. And well, then what happened? And then he said, um, help me find it. Wow. And then I found a corpse of a animal that I think was a possum, but I'm not sure, under his deck or near his deck. So that is an example of when your nose can actually help you in a situation you smell something and i think the brain works that way where when something smells good you know that generally means there's something good to be found and when something smells bad it's your brain telling you there's maybe danger there's um disease there's illness um and it's a good way you know dogs actually can smell um a lot of diseases too Mm -hmm. so that's an interesting fact about smells it's not just humans that smell but like you said some humans can't smell I, it's true that especially I think we might have evolved like evolutionarily to smell uh, for corpses to know that a corpse is around the corner because that would have been a useful thing in our, for our ancestors. And then go the other way. And then if, to know exactly to say like, turn, where, turn around. There lies danger. Yeah. I'm getting out of here. Smells smells bad. I agree. Yeah. So why don't we get into all the different kinds? There's um, there's actually only nine different kinds of smells, as smell being one of the five senses. Oh, going to stop you there. I actually know of a tenth smell dimension. Okay. Well, let's get into the nine, and then maybe we can do the last one as a bonus. Sounds good. Okay. Uh, why don't we go through them? Alex, do you, do you want to re- read some of the uh, smells that we in the research that we did? Sure. I'll kick it off. Fragrant, which Fragrant. is... Um, uh, what kind of smell is that? Like florals, uh, perfumes, mm. things mm. like that. So that would that be like a cinnamon thing where you walk it, walk up the stairs and you smell that? Would does that qualify as fragrant? Or is that no? I think that's going to be another smell we're going to find on the list. Okay, here. I think fragrant. I'm going to say smells good. I'm also going to say smells good. I'm going to I'm going to agree. That's a good smell. That's a pleasant smell. Mm. Um, I will smell that later for sure. Yeah, definitely going to smell it later. One thing about perfumes that someone told me, I don't know if this is true, is that um, they interact somehow with the bacteria in your skin. Mm. Um, or at least some perfumes do. Maybe that's a class of perfumes with its own name. In any case, everyone has somewhat different bacteria on their skin. 
So different perfumes. There was that movie perfume that came out a few years ago. I think it's based on a French opera. They made a movie out of perfume. Called Perfume. Whoa. It's about a serial killer Mm. based on a French opera, I think. Yeah. And well, we should review that in a, our upcoming episode on movies. We got to do a movie episode. Yeah. That sounds really interesting. Yeah, they hired a um, per- perfumist, fragrance artist. Mm. What was the word mm. for it? They think maybe a nez. Don't they have uh, the, the people that make perfumes are called nezes? Is that right? Mm-hmm. And it's the Fre- it's an it's the French word for nose, and so you oh. can be a professional nez. Oh, I think they got a, a professional nez. They got a nez to the 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 company of the movie, the studio. They hired a professional nez to send little swaths of perfume mm. to the media leading up to the premiere makes sense good and, gift and yeah. there were, there are 10 murders in the mystery mm. and there was a they would send them a little swath every week leading up to it for a different victim wow but it's an existential story at the end of the day where he's looking for his own scent uh-huh. so the last piece of perfume that they sent was odorless until you put it on your skin and then it emits a fragrance that was very personal. Only you could have that smell. Wow. That's, That's amazing. amazing. This is one of the reasons I love doing the show is because we come to the show with a with a ton of research yeah. and we still still learn uh, things we didn't about Yeah. yeah I, did I did not, not read that. about something like smells. That's fascinating. Um so Alex fragrant, um does that does that pass the smell test for you? As far as as far as uh you know Smells good. Okay. Smells good. Great. All right, David, why don't we go on to the next? Up next, uh, let me just find it here. It's after Fragrant, we got Fruity. Fruity. And uh, Fruity's going to be talking about all non-citrus fruits. So you got a lot of fruits out there, and you got citrus fruits and non-citrus fruits. Um, fruity is going to be a smell that reminds you of fruit. And so we're thinking, thinking about, you know, something like uh, maybe, maybe the smell of a, of a fruity cocktail or, or perhaps a, a fruit tree. When you're walking down the street, and um, and this, you know, for for my money, I think fruity is, is something that's a, a pleasant smell. If you're if you're smelling something fruity, it's 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 something that's pleasant and maybe a little youthful too. What do you think, Nick? I could not agree more with you. I think fruity is a pleasant smell. Um, it definitely passes the smell test for me. It smells good. Mm. There's rarely a fruity smell that I don't enjoy, um, unless that fruit is maybe. Rotten. rotten, rotten, but that's a whole other section, I think. Uh, I would say fruity is a good smell. It depends. I'm a little confused about the the division between citrus and non-citrus, um, but well, citrusy, you're talking about your oranges, your lemons, your limes, um, your kumquats, right? Your uh, Alex, where do you land on fruity? It smells good. I also am not sure. I think you can put fruity and citrus. Not to jump ahead, but no. citrus is the next category. That's right. It seems that could be one category with the subdivision inside mm. of it. It does feel like they are related. Um, maybe it's a subcategory of fruity, but... You know, a banana is a fruit, and it has a very distinct smell. If you smell a banana, you know immediately that's a banana. Whereas with a citrus, you don't, You might not know if your eyes are closed whether it's a lime or a lemon. And in French, uh, to go back to French... Yeah. Um, Lime in, Fran- in French is limon, so mm. that sounds like lemon, and I think there is a lot of confusion. So I would say that citrus is distinct in mm. that it is, it is all related. I think you have a lot of different citrus-type right. fruits. But citrus is, I think, hits you, hits you right 
in the nose, hits, hits you in a kind of a sharper way. And I think of fruity as if you're having a wine, it would be a fruity wine. You wouldn't really have a, you know, that's, and, and a citrus wine would be nice. Actually, sangria might be kind of a citrus wine and a fruity wine at the same time. Vegetables don't smell. Good point. That is true. They are not on the list. There are no vegetables um, that smell. And that is an interesting thing I never thought about. Vegetables don't smell. But sometimes I'll smell a potato, and that has a funky smell. You cut open a potato. Mm. You remember that when you were a kid? You cut a potato, mm. and it smells... It smells, smells like the earth, it smells earthy. I would say that's probably going to qu- qualify as an earthy mm. um, smell, which I hope is on the list. I'm not sure. I haven't seen the full list. But um, another thing is French fries. That is a vegetable that is cooked. You can kind of True. smell. You can smell a, French a fry. fresh French fry. Yeah, um, and those definitely smell good to me. Um, mm. Let's move right along to the next one, Alex. Why don't you tee up this next one? Are we going to citrus, or do you feel that that's been covered? I think we covered that. Yeah. Okay, let's move on to. Woody and resinous. Okay, so what exactly does woody and resinous? That could be pine or fresh cut grass. Mm. Uh, something sprouting out of the earth. Mm. Yes, and it's probably green or brown. We're talking about, even though those are colors, it's the smell of those colors. Right, and colors is an episode that we've actually already covered. So oh. you can go back if you want to hit pause and go back and listen to that. You can do that mm. before jumping back in. But I would say that this is a very colorful smell Mm. and i actually not to distract too much but i actually have a slight case of what's known as synesthesia which is uh i sometimes confuse my smells i smell colors and i i Mm. see smells so Mm. that is a whole other episode i don't know i think some people say they have that and they don't really have it they're just trying to be interesting so i don't i don't believe you because i don't do it when i smell something i smell it i believe you we have two we have two nostrils that's an interesting fact. Why is that? I don't know. Because do we don't we don't smell in stereo? That's what I mean. Right. Right. Mm. I think they. I think it all connects too. Right. Don't the two nostrils? I don't up really, top. I don't know the anatomy of the nose of the nez well, mm. but I imagine it connects up here near your between right. your eyes somewhere. And you definitely see um, heavy drug users. They can lose that connective yeah. thing, and they just have one nostril. Um, do you think this, if I put a smell to your left, you would know that it's coming from your left without turning your head? I think we could try. Do you have something that smells? We could also, whilst doing this, test your synesthesia. Okay. How's oh, that? This has a, it's subtle, but it's, it's there. Mm. I'm holding up um, some sparkling pomegranate um, soda. Okay, okay. Close, we're gonna close your eyes, and then I'm okay. going to not tell If you're you. listening in at home, also try to close your eyes, and just imagine you're there with us in the studio. So uh, Nick is going to do an experiment, and this is a blind experiment where... He's going to have to figure out, is this scent, is Alex going to place this scent to the left or right of his nostrils? And so, and so uh, he's I'm mixing, just, just I'm throw, about to do I'm that I'm throwing now. off the scent now as I'm talking. But you can't turn I your hear head. You to, okay. I don't think. I, I hear you to, your, to my left. Right. But my hand is moving everywhere. So why don't I, you take a guess? I'm going to guess it's on my right. That's right. Open your eyes. Boom. Wow. Look at yeah. that. You weren't even holding it. Yeah. No. Yeah, gotcha. Um, so we, we so maybe they are. Maybe that that is the reason. I guess we figured stereo that out. nostrils. We do smell in stereo. Is that what we mm. think? That's an amazing discovery that we just made. I didn't expect that we would be. That's actually. another exciting thing about the show is that we do also 
we, it's educational. We do right? educational kind of scientific. But we also do scientific discoveries, so as part of our repertoire now. So that's a big that's a big thing. In fact, we should think about putting this in the science section of the of iTunes because that's another whole demographic that we could be appealing to. Now, Nick, when you smell the pomegranate, did you smell pomegranate or did you see something? You know what I wanted to say. I, it had a round smell when I smelled mm. it, and that might be the pomegranate's shape that might be influencing the the visual. Mm-hmm. cortex of my um smell sensation but i do really think that there was a round shape to the smell of of that mm-hmm. I, I smelt it and i just want to say i there was no no image at all and i don't think there is an image i think he's lying i felt something when i smelt it which is um seduction mm. Mm. Uh, and not in a sexual way but in sort of um can i resist my vices way mm. Mm. and i think the reason is uh, my association with pomegranate which is very murky mm. Something to do with it has a powerful presence in Greek mythology. Do you guys know? Because I don't really I know. know that. Maybe some of your listeners could call in. Yeah, yeah. We, I mean, people out there, if you know about the connection, please uh, message us. us yeah, hit yeah. us up on Hang us on the internet. Um, there is that famous film, "The Taste of Pomegranates," done by right. Sergei Parajanov, and he made a film about inspired by the. It, it's always a very exotic uh, kind of a fruit. And that mm. would would that be a citrus or a, a fruity? Would you think the pomegranate seems like a fruity to me? Right. But I'm no expert on on pomegranates. But I'm gonna mm. say I'm gonna say that pomegranate's fruity. We do so. We've discovered uh, we smell in stereo. Fascinating. And we and that's why we must have the two nostrils. Mm-hmm. Fascinating. Now this next smell that's coming up, you might not want to have a stereo sense of smell. You might not want to have a sense of smell at all because this next one is pretty unpleasant. Um, mm. I dealt it. I smelt it. It's chemical, and chemical, that is yeah. what chemical. When you think of chemical, you might think of um, detergents and that kind of thing mm. under your under your ki- uh, kitchen counter. Yeah, um, laundry detergent soaps, uh, anything kind of chemically. And so that's like an ammonia or a bleach. And that's generally not a pleasant smell. It's not a natural smell. It's not from the earth. It's almost the opposite of the woody and resinous smell that we covered uh, right before this. Uh, How do you guys feel about chemical smells? What are the two options again? Uh, Well, does it smell good or does it stink? It stinks. I got to agree. I couldn't agree more. I mean, chemical is one of those smells you're just avoiding all the time and it's strange because everything is a kind of chemical right but mm. some are good chemicals and some are bad chemicals but when we're talking about smell dimensions we're thinking about chemicals as a something you got to get away from because that thing is like an ammonia or a bleach it's getting up into your nose and that's your body telling you you got to get out of there because mm-hmm. that's bad news for your body it's like a corpse it, it in, in that you you smell it you you know to walk away you know mm. that it's not a good thing i will say i could not agree with you more about what you said and mm. it does stink for me ultimately that is my final ruling but but yeah. there is something good about a chemical smell because you know that it's clean you know that the smell mm. is Someone has cleaned something. So if you walk into a room and it smells like bleach or ammonia, you kind of know that, well, there's not a corpse smell here. There might have been, and it's been taken care of. So that is one positive. I couldn't agree with you more. It's almost like there's a smell covering a smell that people didn't want you to smell. That's That's right. It's a cover-up smell. That's a really interesting point. I couldn't agree more also because there's that feeling you have when you enter like into a hotel room or into your bedroom and that entire when when the place is entirely covered or or you've known that it's been 
uh, bleached and, and, and fully, um, fully cleaned, that there's not a single bit of bacteria in there. And there's a comfort to knowing that you're the only living thing in a, in a room or, or outdoors, wherever it is, that this entire thing has been bleached. And that really makes me comfortable. When I have that, yeah. you're going to sleep and you're just thinking about stuff. And you, the last thing you want to be distracted by is another living organism. Right. And so the more, you know, so having a nice bleached, uh, just a hint, just a little hint, right. not too much. No, just a nice, a nice, a nice waft of bleach uh, can make is, is something that really, really knocks me out. Speaking of living things, uh, we are living things, True. and I feel like uh, this list is, to some degree, you know, it sort of is trying to encapsulate what we as living organisms biologically are wired to perceive. But this chemical category that we're in now. It's man-made, it sounds like, or a lot of these smells are man-made. Mm. So, you know, I don't, if, you, if there was a caveman who was going through this list, a caveman who would not be exposed to ammonia or bleach, um, I'm just wondering, if, is this a caveman-proof list? Mm. How deeply biological like paleo, is it? A paleolithic proof. Yeah. And I wonder if a caveman would even have the, 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 utilities the um the uh weaponry to smell chemical would they even recognize that mm. smell because it's so foreign and so unnatural mm. uh, he might put it into one of the other pre-existing categories right he might right. not actually be able to fully smell it you know well i yeah. think also for a caveman caveman point of view maybe they're just their two categories are bad good mm-hmm. and they're, they they're going around the place looking for good smell bad smell and then we've evolved to this new level where mm. we have 10 versions of good and bad and each of those individually can be can be good or bad right and maybe our our children our children's children mm. will have like 20 you know right keep adding more right if you think of chemicals a man-made spell a smell yeah. then in the future we'll have more man-made smells and right we'll have new categories we'll have we'll keep inventing new smells which right. will give us another reason to have you back on as a guest we can we can uh, explore that when it comes along. Um, let's move right along to David. Why don't you tee up this next one? I love this next smell. Let me just get my review out of the way quickly because I've been excited for this one to come up since the we started the episode. We started researching this. The next dimension of smell is sweet, and sweet is thinking about things like chocolate, vanilla, caramel, all those things. And you know, sweet—it's hard to fault sweet things. Maybe not too much sweet, right? But once you have a little bit of sweet, that's a sweet. That's a nice thing. And sweet is also an, it's a, it's another word for good in a way. So, mm. uh, what do you guys think about sweet, Alex? I s- proceed with great caution as a man with uh, addictive personality traits. Um, I know I need to be very um, prudent mm. and sensible when I approach sweet. Mm. When, when I came over um, and you gave me some tea, mm-hmm. you might have noticed that I kind of went double on my sugar right so i do like sweet but i really need to uh, check myself mm. because um things could get bad very quickly that's an interesting yeah now sweet is it's very powerful as a taste thing but it's also a smell thing we have this relationship between the smell and the taste because smelling sweet is different to tasting sweet but they're very similar they are similar and i think they are related i think on a molecular level you are on a very small microscopic level tasting when you smell i think mm. you're you're you are tasting you it's it's a low calorie kind of way to taste but it is still a way of tasting and i think mm. that's what's so good about good smells and sweet is definitely a good smell it smells sweet to me mm. um and i'm a fan i will say what's interesting is that sweet has a smell and a flavor 
and the opposite smell and flavor is salty. Mm. But salty doesn't have a smell mm. that I can think of. Yeah, I never smelled salt before. Well, the ocean. Do you think the ocean is a salty smell, or is that something else? Hmm. Good point, Brian. I suppose the ocean does have a smell. And I guess smelling salts they give you when you pass out. So mm-hmm. maybe maybe um, we're reworking that idea of what smells. Oh, uh, body odor to me can sometimes be very salty. Salty, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Soaking a lot of um, soy sauce dishes. Mm-hmm. Kind of a salty well, there smell. You go. Sweet and salty. They go. They're they're different categories. Proceed with caution. I think with with sweets, um, too much of a good thing can hurt you. But I that's think right. the right amount of a good thing is a good thing, and that's for me. That's where I land with sweet. It's a, a good smell, and mm. um, me too. And it smells good. good. Smells good. Good. Um, what do we got next, Nick? Next is a fun one. Um, this is one that has a very strong odor, but is quite pleasant. I mm. find. Oh yeah, um, What's and that? it's a it it's you know we talked about chemical and how that felt like a clean kind of thing. Well, this is another thing that makes me think of cleanliness, but it's much more natural. Uh, yeah, and that is minty and peppermint. Oh, minty and peppermint. So that it would include eucalyptus and camphor and. Just you can you know mint, um, mint stuff, yeah. and peppermint. I mean, and it's peppermint. kind of right there in the title. So right. uh, I'm a fan of mint yeah. and peppermint. Um, I like it in tea, um, and I like the smell of it for sure. It definitely smells fresh and clean, and so that's a good smell for me. Uh, what, what, where did you guys land with that? Uh, big mint fan myself. I really like mint. Uh, mint is one of those things that you can have in a plant. You can have it in chocolate. Have it in a chewing uh, mm. gum. And um, it's something that's a that's a pleasant thing, you know. Eucalyptus and camphor, two of my favorite trees, and two of my favorite smells. They're just things that are. It, I don't know how it can smell clean because it's just a smell. And you know, again, I'm. I think a cleaner smell is always going to be bleach for me. But it is something fresh. There's something nice about those leaves. And once they hit your nose, you're like, this is something that's that's nice. And mm. so I gotta say, it smells good uh, as far as pepper, peppermint and mint. You know, as we're going through the list in the order in which we're going, it seems like the this isn't sort of a random shuffle. Mm, it mm. seems like there might be some type of um, spectrum or continuum. Mm, yes. Because one kind of maybe leads into another, or mm. you, start, you start seeing pairings mm. or good matches, mm-hmm. and they're usually items that are right next to each other on yes. the list. Right. So, for example, minty and peppermint, which we're on now, is a really nice match with sweet. I like mint tea, mm. and I like to put some sugar in it, peppermint patty. Chocolate and mint are, they pair so well, and you wouldn't think, you know, you'd never see a leaf on a tree and say, I'd like to put that in between two sticks of chocolate, but yet it works. And I think you're right that there is a spectrum. There is a um, relationship with all of these smells. I think all smells are related in a certain way. Mm. Yeah, yeah, I, you, you know. When they're like you say, when you put them together, they both get stronger. Mm-hmm. The really great combos going on here. A synergistic effect. I wonder where why chemical is right in the smack dab middle. Mm. That's something maybe we won't be able to answer until we complete our list. Yeah, yeah. That might be something we find out. Yeah, we've done a lot of research on the smells, and so we 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 kind of there's a there's a rhythm. There is a rhythm, and I think we'll sort of uncover it as we keep going. But I think we can all agree that minty and peppermint is a pleasant smell. Good smell. Good smell, great. Um, what do we got next there, Alex? Toasted and nutty. Now, this is one of my favorites. Oh, yeah? Yeah, I like this Let's sort of stuff. Let's talk about it. Let's Toasted get into it. Smell, um, that's interesting. I didn't... 
toasted, right? Because it's like cooked, but it has a smell. It has a smell. It's, a, it's got a very um, distinct smell. Peanut butter. Mm. Um, oh, my God. Almonds. Um, popcorn. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, toasted and nutty. Now you're talking. Now this is this really get you know what this does? This makes me hungry. Even just thinking about mm-hmm. it. It just really wets my appetite. The mm-hmm. peanut especially peanut butter. When I get a little whiff of that peanut butter, I'm just ready to eat whatever it is. Um that's something about it that just really gets me hungry. And I think this again comes back to the caveman conversation we we had earlier, just to call back to that. Like you're just thinking about your know, smell is leading you to uh food or corpse and so it can lead you to one or the other and that's why we need it and so from caveman point of view if you're smelling peanut butter it's a good thing it's definitely mm-hmm. like we got to go we I, got, I found we found the smell we got to go to the smell and then that's going to lead you to the next destination and it's you know we you know we have apple doesn't fall far from the tree i think i'm still the same way i smell that peanut butter i'm walking down that street so these are very this is a very useful smell for you know uh finding food and and, and keeping nourished things like that I feel like for all the smells, this might be the only smell that's sort of um, booby-trapped in a certain way because there are so many people that have such intense allergic reactions mm. to peanut butter and to almonds, you know, and it, it's interesting to hear you say it makes you hungry. Certain smells, when you smell a food being prepared, it actually can release enzymes and amino acids in your body. So your body is sort of preparing, it's doing a pre-digestif almost for the meal it's getting really? ready yes so i wonder if a person is allergic to peanut butter mm. gets I know a whiff. So, gets a whiff his body is already creating these enzymes or breaking down these proteins or whatever it's doing thinking, poison is on its way and i wonder if it i wonder how it responds i gotta wonder too is someone who's deathly allergic to peanuts able to smell a peanut or does mm. it make them hungrier or more repulsed I don't That's know. something. If you are listening and you are having a deathly allergic and uh, a deathly allergy to peanuts, uh, send us a message and let us know how it feels for you to smell a peanut or an almond or something that you are um, highly allergic to. Mm-hmm. Um, smells, I, have, good. I have a question about toasted because uh, this was one of yours, <clears throat> Alex. Um, th- does that imply cooked? That there's something cooked with the toast? I mean, I think of toast. I think of bread that you put in a toaster. So does that involve like cooking? Because this is one of the smells that really feels like it's modified. It's not just right. a smell that you find in the nature. It is a smell that you alter uh, through convection, I guess. I couldn't agree with you more. This isn't a smell that just kind of comes out of the earth the way mm. a lot of these other ones do. Although I guess you could argue that chemical also is some degree manufactured or created. Mm. Um, but this is the only manufactured and created edible-based uh, smell system. Right. That's true. Um, yeah, I mean, when you, I've never picked a, a peanut butter from the ground. They grow from the ground, right? Peanuts. Mm-hmm. Peanuts. Yes. Peanuts yeah. is what I meant to say. Uh, like they, a bush out of the ground. Yeah. Uh, do they smell? I don't think so. You know, I th- actually think they have more of a woody and resinous smell. Interesting. When you mm. pick them from the ground, an earthen kind of uh, soil smell, which is an interesting thing that a, that a, f- a, a thing could smell differently in different stages of its um, existence. That's another interesting thing about smells is they change. Mm-hmm. But it is possible that, you know, it had that woody and resinous smell and a caveman comes along with a piece of fire, like just invented fire, sets the bush on fire, smells the toasted peanuts, 
And then, the, you know, lo and behold, we have cuisine and we have the toasted smell. The new dimension is invented, it evolves, and we have that new category. And then that's probably something as, as a caveman. Why do you think you're talking so much about cavemen? I'm really interested in, in how, like, in human beings and how they, you know, they used, we know now that they used to be a caveman. Like, the, we, we used to be cavemen walking around with, a, you know, a club. And nowadays we're, you know, we have iPhones. And, and so that's really uh, fascinating to me. Do you find iPhones have a particular smell? If you're listening on this, perhaps you're listening on an iPhone. Yeah. Um, I wonder if iPhones have like a more of a chemical smell because it is basically made of chemicals or if it has another smell that maybe we're not even discussing. I don't know. Yeah. I wonder if uh, in the future um, you're kind of obsessed with caveman. I'm kind of sometimes obsessed with future man. Mm. Um, if there'll be like a 4D iPhone where when a certain person will text you, it'll emit a certain scent. Mm. And if I another person texts you, it'll emit a different scent. Maybe these yeah. will be the categories we choose from, the ones that we have gone through that you know, makes as a child i was very interested in scratch and sniffs right mm. um that really um took me places i was an only child raised by immigrants who didn't really culturally integrate so i needed to escape <clears throat> through um stuff and scratch and sniffs for one summer i remember specifically really um very helpful and what are some of those smells because what's funny about a scratch sniff is it's ultimately chemical but maybe you were getting scented flavors yeah i remember raspberry um, being Which one of would my fall favorite. into the fruity. Yeah, but you're right. Made of 100% chemicals, mm. I'm sure. But raspberry was a favorite. I re I remember it. I just want to check in, guys, because some of our younger listeners out there might not actually know what a scratch and sniff is. It's a sticker mm. that you can stick anywhere. Okay. Um, on any surface, pretty much, and then you scratch it, and it emits a smell. So you scratch and sniff, hence mm -hmm. scratch and sniff. Yeah. And it, and it, scratch and then sniff. And it, and it keeps coming? The smell keeps em emitting? Well, like autumn leaves must fall, so eventually um, they go away. Yeah. But um, you can really have a pretty good ride before it completely um, goes bland. That goes so well into our next uh, autumn leaves will fall is a very nice visual. Um, and it makes me as a synesthetic, it makes oh. me think of smells when I think oh, of autumn oh, leaves falling. Sorry. Yeah. Alleged. Yeah. Because we have. Yeah, that's uh, that, the jury's out on that. But, you know, um, I just think when people have like uh, an, like an extreme subjective gift, like a, a gift that just exists in their own mind, um, I'm inclined to not believe anybody about that. Uh, because why should I? Uh, because I'm I, I have a different experience of the world. And I know that, you know, if I smell something and I'm not picturing, you know, a math equation or something uh, that, you know, that that's just the way it is. Um, and I see these people on TV and they come along and they're, you know, they're geniuses and they can, you know, make a movie in their head or something. And I just think they're I just don't believe them. So I just want to get that. It's just a, my there must be a way to sort of prove or try to determine if someone is actually in fact synesthetic. Well, you can definitely prove if someone's uh, lying. And I know that if if someone if I see a, a piece of fruit and someone else says, "Oh no, I'm actually seeing an orchestra play Tchaikovsky," then I know that they're lying. And that's the proof is in the pudding for me. How do you when know? It comes to because it's perception. Because I know when I see something that it's I can gang up on them. That's how I know because I can get other people to agree with me and I can outnumber the synesthete. But that doesn't prove that they're not seeing the orchestra. Well, it comes down to like how you think about proof. And I think it's, I think it's gotta be a, 
it's a majority rule you know like that whatever's true is what i can get what me and my friends basically what me and the most people agree on it's a bit of an arrogant uh, attitude that you have and i think that dovetails quite nicely into the next uh smell which is pungent oh yeah pungent eh so that what are some of the pungent smells alex that you found um in your in your um mm, pungent um I'm thinking like a blue cheese. Mm-hmm. That's a very pungent smell. So like a cheese, particularly a, a moldy cheese or an old cheese. Mm-hmm. Cigar smoke. Cigar smoke I never thought of as pungent. You know, and that's an interesting one because is smoke, is all smoke pungent or is cigar smoke pungent because of the leaves in the cigar? That's a great question. I'm going to have to think about that for just a moment. Well, I don't think it's a great question be- um, because my opinion doesn't even matter because apparently it stinks now. And how can we even agree on anything? Like, how do these categories even make sense if, if we experience them differently? What if you had, like, um, 15 smells for Nick and kind of really quickly went through them and then wrote down his answers and then presented those smells shuffled the deck essentially and presented those smells in a different order yeah hmm. and then if nick was able to correctly have match. the same match right. that's one way to maybe test the synesthetic effect i would be happy to do that yeah yeah i mean i believe that he probably smells things the same as me and we mostly see things eye to eye or, or nose it's not something that i enjoy it's not something that brings me pleasure it's confusing and it's distracting like gifted you know. It's part of the creative process. Yes, I will give you that, that I have a creative outlet. And I think because I'm highly sensitive, I'm a highly sensitive artist and I'm a creative person, uh, that is a part of it. And I mm. think th- your attitude stinks. I didn't want to bring this up, but um, I wonder if it's within the pungent category that um, human vapor released from our waste areas mm. is, un- is in this category. It's something I don't like to talk about. You mean uh, flatulence? Yeah, and it's just something that I think I'm particularly sensitive to. I don't even—I don't like hearing flatulence jokes. No, right. me too. Uh, if I see it in a don't movie, don't you want to say the word, the f no. word? I see it in a movie. I can't even smell it in the movie, but I—I yeah. I don't even want to visually get an idea of what's going right. on. But I do have to bring it up because I do think it's in this category. It's yeah. one of the days. It's one of the smells we create. Yeah. And, and it is almost like our our own perfume. It is our own scent. Everyone has their own signature smell when they f- emit gas, right? Uh, which is an interesting thing. It is a kind of a perfume. And I will say that I can s- not only smell different people's odors, but I can see them too. Like for instance, David has passed gas in front of me, and it's it has a pointy kind of a smell to it. There's like little triangles on the end of it. So that is really? another. Can you describe the organization of the triangles? There's six triangles generally and they're tall like cone shaped like a dunce cap wow yeah and they're that's that's what i'm smelling generally when you uh are they colored they're uh, they're see-through oh. but they're they're Good. outlined in color there's an orange kind of color Did you... okay well i think that wraps up our our nine well i do just want to one more thing about the pungent or this or flatulence specifically it's such a these are all subjective to some degree, and if we get into synesthesia, that's a whole different category of subjectivity. But I feel flatulence is a particularly subjective smell. You know, people, the way you respond to your flatulence and someone else's is wildly different. This is really interesting. It's true. It's in a similar way. You know, we can't tickle ourselves, 
and we cannot be disgusted by ourselves. So you would say then pungent as a, as one of the nine smells smells bad, stinks, mm. Mm. but your own emission right. of pungent odors maybe smells good. Yeah, so it's sort of pungent when applied to other people, but perhaps, mm. I don't know. Fruity. One, fruity, uh, woody, um, when applied um, to your own even. self. Um, Toasted yeah. and nutty. I mean, all of these smells can apply when um, you're dealing with your own body odors. I dare say maybe even chemicals. Sometimes I have a very sulfuric mm. release, and it feels almost like I'm walking through some sort of a marsh. I guess that would be more woody again. Mm. The other interesting aspect, and again, we'll move on from this this topic of, of, of gas ripping uh, as soon as possible, but these have a unique, distinct smell, uh, and again, you know, which can range the entire spectrum of, of, of olfactory dimensions that we're discussing, but they also have a particular texture of sound. And there's a lot of onomatopoeic words that we use to refer to, uh, to gas. We have uh, a rasper. Uh, we have a Bronx cheer. Um, we have um, a, a, a loud uh, bottom belch and all of these various things to, to describe the particular texture of, of this thing, which is, I would say, primarily, phenomenologically, a smell entity. It's something that we cannot really see or it's a little off topic some of the things that you're saying i want to move away from this as soon as possible but just to just to wrap it up with a put, put a bow on this it's really fascinating that uh that something that that the the one smell that we emit uh consciously uh, you know as as a as a we, we can control the emission of this particular scent um which is which is in a way a kind of a power uh, that that this uh, has such a su- such a dimension to it in 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 not only smell forms but in in sound as well. So that leads us to our last smell, and it, it seems like these two are paired together. Like you said, a lot of these smells seem paired, and I think if you were going into a restaurant and ordering a, a plate of food and a wine, and you want to pair the right wine with the meal, uh, I think pungent and this next one you would definitely find paired. And what what is that uh, last smell that you were looking at, David? Well. As we approach the end of, of the of the spectrum of smells, we we find ourselves in uh, the, the, the the scent category of decay, mm. decayed smells, and and this is really an interesting place to, to end because it relates in a way to death, and uh, this is something we talked about actually earlier on in the episode. Early, some of the people that were tuning in earlier will will remember, and this is referring to things like uh, rotting meat. And sour milk. And meat can be flesh, which could be the animal that Alex had come across earlier. This uh, is a decaying smell. Right. So this is not a pleasant smell. I think a lot of researchers describe this smell as sickening. Sickening, disgusting. Disgusting, of course, referring to guste uh, for taste. Mm, Uh, Interesting. Weird, repulsed. And disgust, you know, is is a unique uh, reaction uh, to all others. And, uh, And it's very much... Highly correlated, I would say, with decayed. But where I, where the, what trips me up about this one, and when we were doing the, hitting the books on this, I really couldn't find the, the, the particular dividing line. Is sour milk not a chemical smell? Is it not pungent? How do we find the, the real decayed scent? I'd like to know what you think, Alex. It seems like uh, this category is a decay of an organic matter. Ah, uh, good because point. Because milk is created from an animal and mm. it goes sour i think it's a decay whereas something that's man-made and goes sour is, is a different it's a different animal you know 
as we're kind of wrapping up our list here, it kind of makes me wonder about smells we can't smell. Mm. Um, maybe um, subliminal or subconscious smells, maybe smells that are um, above or below what, I don't know if above or below are the right words. Um, but those outliers. Outliers, you know, like dogs or certain animals. Um, smell stuff, obviously, that we can't. But, you know, I think of also pheromones. Mm-hmm. Um, are pheromones a smell that we can't smell? Or if we can't smell it, is it by definition not a smell? Mm. Um, per- perhaps no smell, if you want to call pheromones a smell, has a greater um, effect on some of our behavior than pheromones. And here it is not even on the list. That is such an interesting point. And I think to get at what you're saying, I think what you're saying is that there is a broad spectrum of smells that we cannot access the same way that there are a broad spectrum of colors that we maybe can't see. And sometimes when you have synesthesia, you can sort of mix and match those two. Um, and it can be confusing. But I will say that there are so many smells that we have not been able to smell, and that's true. And there's a thing about felines, about cats, that they have such a distinct sense of smell that they can smell individual grains of sand on a beach. That is how powerful their sense of smell is. This list is incomplete, and I think that's really interesting that we're dealing with uh, what we thought was a very complete list, and maybe we are missing some. And we would love to hear from you, the listener, if there's a smell that we didn't touch on that you're smelling, and maybe we don't all smell the same smells. Maybe a smell, something that smells sweet to me, smells pungent to you. I'd like to ask a sort of goodbye question. David, maybe we'll start with you. Get gun to your head, only one option, favorite smell in the world. <clears throat> oh, that's a really tough one. I know. Um, you know what? I'm going to go with peanut butter. I'm going to go with peanut butter. Peanut butter is something that I always want to smell. Uh, sometimes I'll just open up that jar, take a whiff, and then close it. Uh, and that's enough. Uh, peanut butter is a really important one for me. That's uh, that's what it's going to be. You know, I'm a man of simple tastes and simple smells. Nick, you've had a chance to think about it now. Let's hear what you have to say. I think we were talking earlier about smell memories and having those smells that associate you associate with um, a young boy. Um, and for me, I got to go with gasoline. I know that's mm. kind of an odd choice, uh, not necessarily a pleasant smell for some people. But for me, I quite like the smell of gasoline. Mm. And an interesting fact is that gasoline doesn't have a smell. It's added to let you know that there's gasoline, kind of like the rotting corpse has a smell added to let you know that it is rotting, it is a corpse, and you probably don't want to continue down that path. So for me, gasoline, or the smell that is added to gasoline, I find quite pleasant. I associate it with my childhood, um, and I just love the smell. Chemical. I would say that would probably be classified as a chemical smell. Is there a specific memory that... uh Creates these positive feelings. For I you? can't get too into it. Um, you can't access it, or this is in the right form. Probably, th- it's a bit inappropriate. Um, yeah, that and that's about it for me on my smell. What, if I had a gun to your head, what would your smell be? Lavender. Really? All right. Great. That's great. Um, why don't we do what we call uh, the section? What we call getting to know our guest. Yes, uh, we. This is a new uh, section that we're doing, and it's it's really just getting to the core of you know trying to figure out who it is. You know, we have someone in the studio. We're lucky enough to have all these interesting people come by and you know share their 
time out of their busy schedules with us. And, you know, we, we, we have really a, a great caliber of guests, wouldn't you say, Nick? I would absolutely say that. And I would say that we'd spend a lot of time on the subjects and the research that we've done. And it's kind of interesting to turn the camera back around on the guests. Um, so I would like to just get to know a little bit about you, and I think our guests would also like that. So a, a question I would ask is, uh, you grew up, you said, in Massachusetts. Mm-hmm. Do you remember the name of the street, that you, the first street you grew up on? Yes, but it wasn't in Massachusetts. I grew up, uh, I spent five years in upstate New York before. In the, in the so the year, first street, what would be the name of the... I remember it's called Yesteryear. Yesteryear, that's a beautiful name. Yeah, in Vestal, uh, New York. Um, and did you have a... So you lived with your mother and father, mm-hmm. and they were married. Mm-hmm. And your mother, did she, she had a maiden name, I'm assuming. Mm-hmm. What was her maiden name? Podolsky. Wow. Yesteryear Podolsky. And you had pets? I don't like where you're going. We're just... Uh, actually, this section is just really trying to get to know the real you and, like, thinking about things that you might not talk... I mean, look, there's a million... Inter- you know, you got the What the Hell podcast out. You got all these comedy things out there, but they don't ask the real questions that that really unlock, you know, who you are on the inside. So... With this section, we're just really just trying to get to know you and uh, know you, you know, on, on the, uh, you know, the private you. The, the, the you real you. Name just, and you. Well, so. let's talk about me and, and not my mom. Sure. So you had pets growing up? Mm-hmm. What was the name of your first pet? First pet was Pico. Hmm. Um, Writing it down. Is that okay? You like that atmosphere or it's not helpful? It's funny that we're hearing the fire truck now because Pico got run over by a car and uh, the cops I remember that that's a fire truck but the cops did show up um, to the scene of the crime and uh, wow I think it was my first experience with death pretty sure and I wonder if Pico had a kind of smell uh, a smell of decay I wonder I don't remember what I do remember from my parents are um, Russian or Soviet immigrants and um, they've been kind of chasing the American dream their whole life in a kind of immigrant sort of way. Um, that's not really relevant to the story. But they got a waterbed, um, which I think 80% of people who own waterbeds are immigrants. <laughs> and and we had one in Binghamton. And I remember coming home from school. I was a latchkey kid. So there would be a few hours of alone time. And I would plop on the bed. And then Pico would jump on the bed. And I remember many hours closing my eyes, drifting in some strange, almost sensory deprivation chamber type of feeling with Pico. And I remember the smell of the bed, really? and it was rubbery. Wow. Which would be a? Chemical. Right. Yes. Uh, the latex kind of thickness of that waterbed. I also had a waterbed growing up. Oh, really? Yes. You're one of the 20 percenters. My parents so. did, yeah. Because they're not immigrants, I imagine. They're not, no. Mm. They're Canadian. Alex, I just wanted to know, what was the name of your childhood best friend? Ilya. Okay, yeah, that's great. And the name of your favorite childhood cuddly toy? Benji. Great. Okay, yeah. Was there anything else you want to talk about, Nick, or want to cover? Yeah, I guess uh, the name of your f- favorite teacher. Oh, well, that would be all the way in high school. And there was a guy named Mr. Chamberlain. And he taught me how to write, all of us, how to write um, good essays. Uh, with a lot of emphasis on structure. And uh, I visited him uh, a few years. He really did make a huge impact on the way that I 
write and present ideas in a written form. Mm. And I visited him uh, a few years after I graduated high school. Uh, he was the only teacher I ever visited. And I went to um, the secretary, or whatever they're called, of the school, and she told me he died. Oh, God. Really? Yeah. That sucks. Which is a good way, I guess, to end the episode with death. I think things always end with death, so I think that's an appropriate time to end. Mm. Um, Smells good. Yeah, I guess we'll smell you later, uh, all our critical, critical crew. Um, Thanks again for listening and subscribing. Remember to hit that like button. And if you really like this episode, why don't you just navigate, click your little clicker over there to our Patreon page and have a look at our PayPal and, you know, just chip in a couple bucks, you know, whatever cup of coffee. Right. If you think going to a coffee shop, you spend $4, you don't think about it. If you put that little bit into uh, critical, you can really make a difference. This is not a joke to us. This is our life. And so we're here to provide the best content for you. And, you know, you'll you'll knock back a cup of coffee, not even think about it in 30 seconds. Well, you know, we're trying to provide a solid 30 minutes or more of, of, of quality entertaining content. So... Just think about the next time you have a cup of coffee, think about could this money be better spent? And if you're on your way to the cafe walking, listening to the episodes, uh, try to remember that it's not free. It, does, it costs us money. The research that we do, the time we put into it, it, it everything costs. So it, every dollar helps. Uh, we, we ask you to subscribe. We ask you to rate five stars. Go and leave a comment on iTunes. Um, it really helps just get the word out about the show and helps us continue doing what we do. And having amazing guests like Alex on that we would not be able to do if this was just something we were doing out of a, a living room in a one-bedroom apartment. Uh, this is a real operation, so we need your support, and it means so much to us that you listen and that you like and that you subscribe, and we thank you so much for being a part of the Critical Crew. And if you have any suggestions about future episodes, we always love to hear it. Uh, submit your ideas to us, and we will listen to them. We read everything we get, uh, everything really love getting feedback everything goes into I mean if there's a I would be curious if any of your listeners have feedback regarding a better synesthesia experiment because it's clearly um, a point of I can't help but notice it's a point of tension between you guys and you guys have a great chemistry together I would hate I would hate for that to be um, compromised in a stubborn way where this persists so my experiment suggestion was straight from the dome you know I'm sure people had time to really think about it or if they're just smarter than me which they can send it in and kind of give them the thoughts I would also be curious that if you have any questions for Alex that we didn't ask like the first car you owned or uh, what was Civic. your first job mm, pizza delivery okay well there Did we it go in the Honda Civic. that pretty much covers it um, really uh, Alex it's been an honor to have you on it's been an absolute really delight really special we hope that you'll come back and uh, grace our, our, our stage with your presence once more or twice more, or however many times you're available. I'd love to be back. All right. Well, thanks, everybody. And uh, remember to subscribe and like. And we will see you on the next episode of Critical. Unbiased as always. Unfiltered as usual. This this is is Critical. Hey, this is Nick again. Thank you again so much for listening. And just remember to subscribe. Hit the like button. And... Also, remember to head on over to Venmo, and if you can, throw us a couple bucks. Uh, Remember, every dollar counts. We are a not-for-profit, independently-run podcast. Uh, We do not run ads. We do not take donations um, from corporations. We are looking for your support, and it means so much to us. Um, So if you can, just go on over to Venmo. We are in the process of setting up a Patreon page, uh, but 
right now, unfortunately, we have to use the Venmo. That is at David O'Reilly and at Nick Thorburn. It means the world was a dollar, two dollars, five, ten, fifteen, twenty. Any amount helps, honestly. Um, it keeps the lights on. It keeps us in this building. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll catch you next time.